This is the Naked Encore. Make sure you subscribe, comment, and like. For more information about us and all of our podcasts, go to historicmedia.com. What's up, Vicky? Hi, everybody. Welcome to the Naked Encore. It is a, it literally is the Naked Encore today. I'm Vicky Ziegler, and I'm telling you, Brian Krause is literally naked. I think it is 102 <laughs> degrees here in the Hamptons. I I can only see you from the waist up, but you definitely don't have a shirt on. I <laughs> don't have shorts on either. Me. You I probably pro- look better than me without a shirt on. <laughs> you want me to stand up because I am not. <laughs> I am not wearing shorts. I will close my eyes. I'm I at promise. my house. I am at my house. I was poolside, and this podcast is graciously interrupting my tanning time. <laughs> Where's but I'm Rochelle? Happy, but I'm happy to be here. She's in the city working. Somebody <laughs> so, has to work. You and Iko. <laughs> yes, it's my my little angel Iko and I, and uh, um, we were both we were we were both free like a fish in the pool, swimming like a fish. Oh my God. Amazing. Nothing free to be just letting it all rip, letting it all hang out. <laughs> oh my God. Yeah. It is super hot. My goodness. It's crazy. It's like a hundred degrees. So I, I wish I was in a pool. I really you're, do. You're switching. My goodness. Um, absolutely. So, um, you're back in the Hamptons. You're not in Miami. No, I just got back. I'm happy to be here. And, um, was just watching the news. Everything is the, uh, Ivana Trump story. What a horrible story. I mean, she fell down a flight of stairs. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. Whether she had a heart attack, I don't know. Um, Really terrible. Uh, You just, you know, there's certain people you just think they're going to live forever. And when you hear the sad news uh, about their uh, passing away, you really you just say, wow, you know what? Life's precious. You got to live every minute and you just never know. Did you know her? I've met her and I've seen her, but I did not know her. You? I've met her. Same thing. I've met her. I've seen her uh, numerous times. Even recently, I've seen her uh, walking Madison Avenue. And I remember her years ago as a statuesque um, Czechoslovakian goddess. I mean, she was tall and, you know, just there was something about her. You know, I, I don't I mean, on her death, I shouldn't say this, but I mean, she definitely wasn't aging well, you know, and she kind of looked like she shrunk and just was just, I didn't recognize her. Yeah. Well, listen, we, you know, people age, I saw her at electric lemon at Hudson Yards. I'm going to say like six to eight months ago and she was having a cocktail with a friend and she looked like she was having a good time. So, you know, here today, gone tomorrow. So she had an amazing life and most impressive. She raised some amazing kids. I mean, say what you want about the Trumps. I've met her, I've met the three, well, actually all the kids I've met, except Donald's uh, youngest one. And they were all incredibly impressive, intelligent, articulate, um, very well-spoken. I mean, they're all of them. I could tell she seemed to be a loving, doting mother. And um, I, I was just shocked when I saw the tweet from Donald Trump, because, you know, most people that are married get divorced. They had a prenup. And, um, you know, most people don't say anything. 
at least out in the open in the public about their exes. So when I saw his tweet, you know, about I'm saddened to inform everyone that she had passed away. She was amazing. She was a great inspiration. Uh, her pride and joy were her children, you know, rest in peace, exclamation point, Ivana. You know, that really shows somebody that clearly had a co-parenting relationship or at least some type of relationship together for the benefit of the children. And, or and was I have it to optics? respect that. Let me interrupt you for a second. I hate to do that, but, or is it just optics and his PR firm put that out? Look, you never know. Listen, there's a lot of, a lot behind the scenes going on, but I don't know. Nobody tells Donald Trump, I don't think what to do. I think most of the time he just has got a Twitter finger, right? And he wants to post wherever he's going to post and say what he wants to say. So we'll take it for face value. And if somebody else can prove us wrong, fine. I just, I thought it was a, it was a, classy move, I think, for the children. And I think, you know, a lot of people can take notice of that fact that, you know what, it's okay to be divorced um, and still be say something kind in someone's death. Forget about while they're alive. Yeah, I I, I agree. I mean, I I think he um, certainly took the high road. Plus he spent, what was it, 17 years married or, or something like that. And there had to be some good times. There had to be some good memories. And, you know, no matter what, you just want to, you know, once the drama is done, live and let live. She was living her life. He was living his. And I'm sure time healed whatever rift there was. And, you know, you know, he wasn't paying alimony. So it didn't. Uh, he wasn't oh, wow. happy to. Yeah, so. <laughs> I'm sure not. But, you know, I think his prenups were pretty tight knit. But yeah, I think a lot of people listening to our podcast, right? This is the Naked Encore Life after a breakup or divorce. You know, don't know what to do. What's the right thing? Somebody passes away. You reach out to, you know, their ex if they're married, right? Um, let's say they there's a funeral. Like, is Donald Trump is he going to the funeral? Did he go to the funeral? Uh, again, that's a that's a pretty important question. And would the children want him there for support because they're going through such a difficult time grieving for the loss of their mother, which happened so quickly, apparently? So, you know, what would you do? And and, and people are asking, is it right or wrong to do that? I think oh, every case is go. different. You no, know, he has to go to the funeral. But it, it, it's so strange, though, because you would go and I think the proper thing to do is to go to a funeral in that situation. But why would you go to something sad like that when you wouldn't go and you probably he probably wasn't invited to her weddings? I think she got married two or three times after Donald. So if you're not going to go to the happy things, why go to the sad things? And that's the question. I think if you don't have children, it's one thing. And, you know, you're resigned to the fact that there's no need to stay in communication unless you did have that kind of relationship. And then I think there's the situations where you have the children in common and the children are grieving and you want to support them. So I guess it's it's case by case, but I feel like this is a question a lot of people bring up when they're thinking about getting remarried, when they are divorced and they have these good, happy, you know, momentous occasions and sad ones. What's the right thing to do? And I don't think we can sit here and say it's right or wrong. It's just it's an interesting question. Well, it's definitely case by case. Right. And it would depend on what the relationship was like leading up to this death. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, it's the way he tweeted it. I am very saddened to inform all of those that loved her, of which there were many, that Ivana Trump has passed away at her home. Why was he telling people when he's not, you know, he's married to Melania? So I thought that was very interesting. Yeah. Well thought out. Look, it's not an easy thing. And again, 
forget the fact that he's an ex-president, forget the fact that he's like an uber celebrity. It's humanizing. It's just the right thing to do. You know, Vicky, I mean, what would you do in that situation? You have to go. Look, I, I feel like my heart is always telling me, you know, to do things that maybe necessarily other people wouldn't do, but I would feel my heart would break for, for the kids. And I would absolutely go in that situation. And I think a lot of people want to go. They just don't know how to facilitate it. So people should, you know what, reach out, be open to the family members. And um, I don't know. I think, it, I think it's not a bad idea or thing to say goodbye to somebody, regardless of what kind of relationship you've had, tumultuous, long-term, short-term, marriage, divorce, breakup, uh, uh, short term, whatever it may be. I, I think it's not a bad idea, but if, listen, if they didn't like each other when they got divorced and have no reason to stay connected, then I don't think it's worth attending you, a you funeral. Just, I, I think you just answered it without even realizing you answered what the right thing to do is you support your children. They have three kids in common. So whether, no matter what he felt about his wife, his kids are grieving and, you know, it's their mom. So he's got to be there or anyone in that situation to support, to support his kids. Yeah. And the grandchildren, right? I mean, the ones that are old enough to realize exactly. what's going on. So yeah, look, it's a family affair. And a lot of people think when they're divorced, they're kind of disconnected, but they're not necessarily. This is a, a family unit. And you know what, being supportive and being there, I think would go a long way for these kids and the, the entire family. So look, I applaud that move. I applaud him, you know, letting people know she was an amazing woman and mother. And I think it's a good thing. Uh, I don't know necessarily about going to your ex's wedding. So let's talk about that for a second. That to me is one of those things where I was watching one of these shows and the woman was getting married, 90 day fiance. And she asked her ex-husband, Hey, you're my best friend. Can you come to the wedding? And he was like, you know, I would love to, but I'm traveling. And, and the fiance was like, why is this guy coming to my, like, why was he invited? Why would you want him to come? And she's like, well, he's my best friend. You know, what do you think about that? I certainly wasn't invited to my ex's wedding and we have a good relationship right now. I just had dinner with my ex two nights ago That's in awesome. Miami. I had dinner with her, uh, with my ex and her husband. And I'm happy for her, right? I really am. And she's very happy right now. So time heals. Whatever we went through is forgiven and forgotten. We, you know, my kids were there as well. And you know what? She got remarried. She's moving on. But with the kids, we're still a family. She's still the mother of my kids. And there is that I don't know, you know, family feeling still around her. I'm not married to, I'm not married to her. And, you you know, I've gone on, I'm in a long-term relationship. She's married and, you know, but we call it what you want. You know, maybe it's more, maybe it becomes brother, sister, if, if that's, maybe that's a little weird, but we have a friendship and we have a co parenting relationship that still feels somewhat like family. Look, even my ex who I co-parent this little mini golden doodle with, you know, we co-parent and that's a little unit, you know, and we talk about, we talk about Ico, we talk about the dog. But if she got married, would you go to her wedding? If my dog got married? Absolutely. Mm -hmm. Your ex got married, your ex-girlfriend. 
No, of course not. We don't have that relationship. It's just about co-parenting. And but it's right, a okay, friendship. But that's the difference. And that's what we're talking about, right? What kind of relationship you guys co-parent with a dog who you, whom you both love dearly, but you wouldn't go to her wedding and nor would she come to yours. You wouldn't invite her. Would well, you? here's a funny one, though. So I've been dating Rochelle for four years as of yesterday, I think. Oh, congrats. And I am very friendly with her ex-husband. Oh, yeah. Who she still, you know, is in almost daily contact with. And he's a good guy. If it wasn't for uh, my ex, he's the type of guy that I probably would be friends with. So we don't socialize. We do talk every now and then, but we're very friendly. And look, if we were to get married, I would have no issue if she wanted to invite him to the wedding. But I feel like you would want him and she wouldn't. Um, I, listen, I like the guy. It, it's, it's not that he, look, he's not going to be at my wedding party, but I would, I would have no issue with the guy. I like the guy and I'm not one of those guys that, you know, some guys are like, you know what? Fuck it. No matter what, this guy's not coming. I don't want any of your exes there. You know, that's not who I am. Would that bother you? Right. I think you're right. No, not at all. But I don't think we're very common. I think most people would definitely not have their exes at their wedding. Uh, they probably wouldn't think their ex was wishing them well. They don't want them in an intimate part of their life. I mean, the ceremony is is something special, those family and friends. Um, so I don't think so. And look, your, your ex-wife didn't invite you to the wedding and you didn't want to go. You wish her well, but it's just not an appropriate, you know, uh, invitation that, that is necessary. It's, well, it's not that it's not appropriate, right? It's just not typical, right? It, it, it's almost unusual to have an ex there. It's just you're starting a new life. Why would you want something from the past when you're moving forward and starting a new life? Unless, as you said before, in your situ- that situation you mentioned, if you are truly still best friends, then the person you're marrying just has to understand that and accept it. Right, right. And I think, look, so many people struggle, especially in my you know, professional life. I've seen when you get divorced and you have children, are they going to the bar, the birthday parties? Are they going to the bar mitzvahs? Um, who's paying? Who's bringing a significant other that's not married? Who's bringing a spouse? Those are issues that are often fought about. And we have to come to terms with life events that happen with children. And then obviously, you know, unfortunate circumstances, funerals and, and losing parents and how to cope with that. So I'm always giving advice to people based on their circumstance. And if they had a, a good relationship and they just didn't work out anymore and it was amicable, the divorce, then I support people, you know, grieving with the children. And if it was cantankerous and ugly, then certainly you stay away. You set flowers, basket, whatever religion you are, um, and you show your respect in, in a certain way. I'm sorry. You just raised a good question. What about when you're divorced and your child is getting married? Who pays for the wedding? Is it whoever can, or is it a, are you going back to your ex and asking for a, uh, to split the wedding or some sort of contribution? What is the, um, what's the protocol on that? First custom religion. Right. Is it the females, family, usually depending? And if there's two women getting married, then maybe they're splitting it. Sometimes in an agreement, parties will 
discuss and confirm in a document who's paying for the weddings, but you don't have to. And of course, likely not going to compel you or you have family meetings and say, okay, this is what I can afford. And this is what I'm bringing to the table. What about you? Where are we having it? How many people tables who's sitting where, I mean, it's, it can get really ugly. And I've been in court a lot and litigating uh, about this exact issue. And it's really hard. You know, it's hard to try to figure out who can afford it, um, where the location is going to be, where most families are located. And um, seriously, it's it's an issue and it's not something that can be resolved overnight. It seems like that would be a big burden to the children that are getting married because now they're thrown in the middle of it. Yeah, you know, it happened paying- to me. It happened to me. My parents got divorced and I had to sit down and say, OK, this, you know, I have a dad. And my mom's remarried to stepdad. And I said, okay, guys, I need help from everyone. So what's everyone willing to do? So I just brokered it. I had a book and I had a wedding file and I wrote, I have a book called The Premarital Planner. And, and, and I put some of the tips in there and it was really kind of create a budget, um, understanding who was going to pay for what, what was I contributing? Was my fiance contributing? And then how, how, what can we do with the money that we were going to get? But until you know what the budget is and who's going to be contributing, you can't do any of that. So I held a family meeting, but it was uncomfortable for me. It wasn't exactly, you know, great. I did it individually. And then I brought everyone together so that we were on the same page and everyone was gracious and contributed and did the right thing. But um, if I didn't do that, I don't know what would have happened, quite frankly. What I would suggest in a situation like that is take the cash, give the cash to the kids, let them do what they want, whatever is within budget, whatever is affordable. Look back in 1993, I had an over the top extravagant wedding at the center. One of those MTV, like were you on like the MTV? Beyond. It was at, the VH1? Ti- at, at the time, it was one of the nicest weddings ever thrown at the St. Regis. That's what we were told. And you fancy. It, it was so exciting. I didn't really yeah, I mean, fancy, and it was a beautiful affair, but it was so over the top. And you look at, you know, I was married start to finish 17 years. So, you know, it was 17 years amortized what the what it cost over 17 years per year. Maybe it's not so much, but there are people that throw these type of weddings that get divorced within a couple of years. What's the point of that? You know, look, at, I mean, ours, I mean, I don't want to throw a number out, but it was super expensive back then. I mean, what a waste of money, you know, as beautiful as it was, I wish we had the money at the time or was given to us to start a business, purchase a home or just security money in the bank. I mean, it was such an amazing event and I was very appreciative of it. And I had amazing, still do amazing ex-in-laws. And that came, that wedding came from their heart. They wanted us to begin our lives with this extravagant affair. but so not necessary, right? I don't think I would do that for my kids. I'd rather, I'd rather just put the money away for them or yeah. let them purchase their first home together you know, it's or amazing. a down payment on a home. Yeah. I think hindsight really is 2020. And I think when you see all the money that is put into a one day affair, literally from the, from the dresses to, you know, the location, the food, the, the, uh, music, I mean, flowers, it's insane. And to have a down payment for a house or have money in the bank and 
you know, your right to invest in something, whether it's in stock, in the stock market or business, is so much more valuable. So I think when people are getting married, they're thinking about for that one day that's literally here and, and gone tomorrow, but they're not thinking of the future. So I agree with you. I think it is over the top. I think it's crazy. I think you can do a beautiful wedding that's elegant on a budget if that's what you're looking for. And look, destination weddings, making them smaller now with COVID. I think so many people have done those things now that they can travel or do something small on the beach, something intimate that you could remember. And um, I think people waste hundreds of thousands of dollars, if not millions. And we've seen celebrities, Kim Kardashian married, I don't know what, two, three months, spend millions, even though they're rich, it's just money down the toilet. And I've had clients that were married for less than six months, have these extravagant weddings, then they start fighting over the wedding gifts. And I mean, credit card debt that they didn't even get to pay for yet that they've used for a new home. I mean, it's insane. And nobody has a crystal ball to see how long they're going to be married. But I think people should really step back and think about the planning stage of a wedding, the costs and what they really would like after the wedding to see what makes the most sense for them. That's a great subject. This is a great subject for another podcast. We should have on a celebrity wedding planner who can come in and talk about, you know, what it takes to throw this events and what it's like dealing with the groom side and the bride side and all the drama that goes on to stage one of these events. Oh my God, Bridezilla. What a great episode. Yeah, there's so much to talk about. And oh, I love, I love the concept. I, I think weddings are amazing and beautiful and you can do them on a budget, but I'd love to talk to an event planner and see what they say when people come to them. Because obviously a wedding on a budget doesn't make them a lot of money. So that would be fascinating to see what they've seen right? Get a bird's eye view from, from their looking glass. I'd love to talk about that. And I think people just need to think a little more intelligently, not from necessarily their heart for this, like, you know, the storybook romantic fairy tale for the day, which is a lovely thing, but look how much money you could actually have in the bank versus, you know, that's kind of spent on all of those other things that are just very fleeting. 100%. It's a down payment on a home, if nothing less. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, I shouldn't be talking because I'm having my daughter's birthday party and, um, you know, I got the balloon person and I got the person on stilts and I got the photo booth and I mean, whatever, but you know, it's my last birthday party for her. I think that's going to be big and she's turning seven and I'm thinking to myself, why am I doing this? We could just have a pizza party, but you know what? Sophie asked for it. I work really hard and I want to do it. So sometimes we do things that we know aren't right, but they just feel good. I'm guilty also. <laughs> I, I, I am the biggest hypocrite. I threw an over the top over the top bar mitzvah for my kid at Cipriani, uh, 55 wall. There you go. It was an unbelievable experience for him. It was an extravaganza over the top, but they don't appreciate it. You know, he was 13 years old. You know, I think that's you do that. The parents do that for themselves, for their friends. It's a social thing. I don't know. It's like just flaunting it. It was over the top. And I look at it as a mistake and I don't think my son appreciated it. Yeah. He's too yeah, young think, to appreciate it. Yeah, I agree. I mean, listen, we have the shop gets coming and this is not so crazy. It's not over the top. You know, it's, it's a kid party. That's a little bit elevated, but um, look, so I we're, think, hip, we're hypocrites basically. <laughs> probably. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, not to the level of you, Cipriani, uh, St. Regis, I'm just doing it in my building. But um, Definitely. I think, 
we do certain things for the people we love, but I know, I don't know if I would really throw an over the top wedding for Sophie. If I really sat her down and say, listen, if mommy and daddy want to give you X, can you use half towards the wedding and half you are so full of shit. You are so full of shit. You are going to throw such an event for Sophie. You are, I mean. I only have one child. What can who I do? Who are you kidding? You're going it. to because you can. In my heart, I know that it's smarter not to, but I do want to give her an opportunity. But I would like a destination wedding too. I'm all about let's go somewhere on a beach and have some fun and, and do it. So we'll see. TBD. She's only turning seven. So thank God I have some time. You know what? On the first wedding, I think every, you know, it's a dream. The princess bride, right? It's a dream to have that big one. Second time around on your naked encore, been there, done that. No way. Just, it's. A, I'd rather have, you know, for me, it's a small, quiet destination myself. It's Ben and Jen. And family. Going to the chapel and go get married. Look at that. Yeah. Jennifer Affleck. I mean, come on. How many exactly. times do you want to almost get married, get married? She saved the wedding dress for the movie they did together. And they got married. And then they go have a party. That's smart. That's, that's the way to do it. I think, I agree. I think that's that's a very smart path to take. So everyone listening, go get married at the courthouse with some people you love, your, your kids, if you have them, family members. And then go, go throw a, a nice party. And kids, given the opportunity, if you are getting married, take the cash. And take run. Take the cash and run. Everybody, thanks for listening. This is the Naked Encore. Thank you.